imposter syndrome in a state agency. Adam Day, you are the boss man of EXP in the UK. You've been boss man of Easy Property, Hatched, and uh, eMove as well, I think, if memory serves you well. Um, do you suffer from imposter syndrome? Yes. Less so now, though, um, over the last... You get used to it, don't you? I mean, imposter syndrome is where you don't believe you, you should be in the position that you're in um, because you maybe think you've overachieved or whatever it might be. Um, and I think imposter syndrome is common with everybody. I mean, it, it, I, can't, I don't know anybody who probably hasn't suffered imposter syndrome when they get to a certain level. Um, within self-employed estate agency, I think it's when when you get so many customers contacting you to list their house and you think, oh my God, where's this come from? I don't deserve this. And, you know, I think... Do you have an offer of self-employed agents that suffer from this then? Yeah, well, yeah, again, it's a, it's a very common thing and, and they kind of can't believe that it's happening to them and they don't believe they deserve it. And Because in, in previous videos, we were talking about not enough people coming to you because you've got your cockiness and your ego and think it's going to come to you. But then are you saying to me that when you lose that and do the hard work and, and put the ego in the, and the pride on the shelf... The other, then the imposter syndrome comes out. Yeah, imposter syndrome replaces that. That's really weird, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of between the dark and the deep blue sea or the yeah. Pam and Brian face. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think the other thing as well is because self-employed estate agency pays so much money that you have agents earning 100, 120, pounds a year, that plays into that imposter syndrome, no question, because people are going, wow, I'm only three times, four times, sometimes more than I've ever earned in my life. And do I really deserve that? So I think the money has a little, quite a big part to play in imposter syndrome sometimes. What's your, what's your answer to the agents and bring in some of your own experiences? Because the original question was about you, but I'd like you to bring in, because most of the people watching this are going to be agents. Um, I've always looked at life um, as four steps to competency. There's a, there's a really cool... Google it, have a look at it, four steps of, con of competency. And the first step is, is not knowing what you don't know. Um, it's completely unaware of, of what you're getting yourself into. Step two is, is your conscious mind knowing that you've got into something and you're out of your depth. It's kind of like, it's the oh shit moment. It's like, oh my God, really? Um, and then step three is the conscious competence where you, it's a bit like driving when you pass your driving test, but you still have to remember where the biting point is if you've got a manual car, uh, or to look in your mirror to indicate or whatever it might be. And then the final stage, stage four, is your um, unconscious competence, which is you just drive, you just get in the car and drive. So I think if you, I've, I've put that into a box, I've realised that everything I do, I'm going to go through stage one to stage four at some point. So here, sitting with you on the sofa here, Chris, I was at stage one, three years ago, four years ago, when we first did the thing. Then when the cameras went on, I was at stage two and I was in my oh shit moment. And probably the second time I came to visit you, I was still in my stage two moment, stage two, stage three. This time I'm stage four, I'm just sitting here talking to you as a as The cameras a don't even exist, do they? No, I'm not just not even, aw I'm aware of them clearly, but I'm not as conscious of what I'm saying. I'm not too worried about what I'm saying because I know that I'm, I'm competent at giving oh. answers you know, after having done it a few times. But so that I, I, I talk about that a lot within the business is the four stages of competency and just understanding that it's just a process you've got to go through. You know, standing on stage for me in front of 250 people is still at stage two for me. It's still my oh shit moment. But I'm getting to stage three. It's becoming a little bit more comfortable. Um, but I still have to be very conscious about what I'm doing and if I'm walking or if I'm reading off a script or, you know, on a lectern or whatever it might be, 
but it's just understanding that it's just stages of competency. That's all it is. There's four of them. And has that helped you personally with where you are with different fears and frustrations that you have? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because every, everything I do, I just I try and box it in what stage am I at, at, on that at the moment. Um, you know, so. and, and you give the same advice to your self-employed model agents who are going, shit, I've just earned 100 grand in the last six months. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, get used to it, enjoy it, you deserve it. But you're at stage two at the moment where you think, oh my God, what do I do with all this money? Or what do I do with all this freedom? Or what do I do with all these clients that love me and you know, keep blowing smoke up my ass and all the rest of it? And you know, it's just stage two. And, and people do get used to it and they do you know, overcome that imposter syndrome, I think. But I actually think you should be challenging yourself to become, to get to stage two and have imposter syndrome as often as you possibly can because it means you're, in my opinion, you're moving on in life and you're achieving more and you're... It's, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm I'm happy to declare that I'm, I'm a Freemason and going on stage in front of hundreds of people doesn't faze me at all. Without, even with, in fact, I'm better without a script than with a script. Uh, but doing stuff in a Freemason's lodge and giving my lines really, really shit me up. Mm. But actually it made me come alive and made me realize that you weren't bulletproof. And you know, sometimes it, you have to reduce that. Like you said, we've all got an ego. It just knocks me down a peg. Yeah. I think that, you know, that's important. Also, I have a, a wife that keeps me on the straight and narrow as well, which is important. What would your final message be to estate agents who think they have a little bit of, they're too far on the ego and not so much on the hungry and humble? I think, I think for me, it's always um, understanding what my why is and what your why is, is then that, that allows you to, to become more humble because you want to achieve your why. Your why might be your kids. It might be, you know, that you want to, I don't know, die a happy man, or whatever it might be, you know. What is your why, by the way? Um, to change the state agency. Okay. Simple as that. All right. I, I've never, I've, I've always believed that there's something missing in a state agency. I've never quite okay. understood what it was. Thought it was maybe fees. I was wrong. Um, now I realise it was the ownership of the customer uh, by a personal brand, you know. I, and this is not a cl clearly an EXP fest sale type thing, but... You know, I've learned a lot. I've done every model you can think of in the UK. Um, you know, I've been a cheap fee agent. I've been a high street agent. I've been a, you know, all the rest of it. And I, I finally think that there's a model here, which is adopted around the world, by the way. You know, we are the odd ones out. We're the idiots um, in the UK. It's interesting to use the word ownership of the homeowner, not ownership of the... So you could still do this if you were employed, but let's be honest, they're not paid and commissioned to do that are they and that's the problem is that because you've got employees they don't care it doesn't you know you can show me a branch manager who will say oh, of course I care about my clients and of course they do but every single self-employed person in a state agency will care about that client just just one percent or five percent or ten percent more because they own that client and that client owns that estate agent uh, that estate agent as well I think that's really important is you know you go to America and the client will say let me speak to my real estate agent about XYZ and that real estate agent isn't going to get paid anything because they're not going to sell the house they're just asking their real estate agent about whether they should I don't know convert the garage into a cinema room or whatever it might be over in the states and so their real estate agent says yeah great idea and that that's their real estate agent and we don't have that we don't have that ownership yeah. of of both sides the customer doesn't own us and we don't own the customer because we're employed um, it's a transactional relationship because of the employed nature in my opinion now that I've done it interesting thank you for your time today thanks a lot Thank <laughs> you.